Everyone, Matthew here from the MarTech Summit. Welcome to episode five of the Mastering MarTech webinar series, and welcome to Suresh Shivakula. He's a consultant partner in digital transformation at OJLV. Thank you for joining us today, Suresh. Thank you, Matthew, for uh, having us. Um, right, so uh, when the event was to happen, the focus of the event for us was to look at customer experience from a slightly different lens. Uh, many of the organizations that approach brands and try to help them with marketing technology talk about it as an investment that's made as a one-time thing. But I strongly believe, and we as a collective organization, strongly believe that MarTech investments are not a one-off uh, element or activity that has to be undertaken. Right Now, one of the challenges we've always faced is in educating our customers to think of MarTech as an ongoing exercise. And when I talk about MarTech, it's not just the technology component of it, but the massive underlying customer experience that you're trying to provide to your customers at the end of the day. One of the components of realization for that is MarTech, right? So companies tend to have this challenge where they think of experience for the customers as a one-off activity that they have to build upon and not worry about what's the change that's happening in the customer's um, experience, right? Based on what the competitors are doing, based on the economic and digital trend shifts that are happening across the world uh, and moving to different regions, right? So both MarTech as well as customer experience cannot be thought of as a one-time activity or a one-time investment. Uh, but has to be looked at as a continuous engagement, right? So our focus was going to be on how this can be done and what should be the components of uh, MarTech or customer experience that you should think about, right? The other big challenge that we see is a lot of times when you speak to chief marketing officers or the team members within that group, they tend to think of it purely from a customer's point of view, which is absolutely the holy grail. But you should also make sure, brands should also make sure that all of the processes behind the scene that support this customer experience are equally well aligned, right? So it's like the classical tip of the iceberg. The customer experience is the tip that's outside the water, but everything else behind the organization, specifically the marketing organization, has to be aligned to make sure that the tip is doing well. Yeah. So keeping that in mind, uh, you know, we we had a few questions that we would love to pose to any of our customers, right? Have you ever been in a technology project that's run over time, right? And that's run over budget or has completely failed or partially taken off, but eventually bettered away, right? A lot of times when we ask our customers this question, pretty much always the answer is yes. Those are regular challenges that we face. Um, and it's not just the chief marketing officer or chief information officer who tells us this, but the chief marketing officer as well is a primary audience a lot of times, right? So the roles have itself become a little more fungible, whether it's CIO, CDO, or CMO, it's beginning to converge greater in, in a greater way within the marketing world, right? Uh, so these are challenges that marketeers have started to recognize, which is why they reach out to companies like us, which uh, come with a fresh uh, pair of eyes and help them think of a long-term strategy while still being very realistic about the way it can be executed. So uh, the first thing is don't think of it as a company-centric activity, but start thinking of it as a customer-centric activity, right? Uh, one of the challenges we see when we speak to you know, marketeers within brands is uh, the expectations that they start off with and the realization after the execution of the market implementation is not always uh, on par, right? Because what would have happened, and this is based on experience typically, is someone in the team has gone ahead and written specifications or requirements for what should go into the marketing technology platform, right? Uh, they do think about things like customer journeys and uh, personas, but they almost always end up casting it in stone in the form of requirements of some sort, right? Uh, this is thankfully changing. 
a lot of change has started to happen where customers are telling us, our clients are telling us, let's think of it in a more dynamic manner. And one of our intentions and objectives is to help them accelerate that process to the point where we don't think of it as a one-off journey or a one-off implementation, but something that's done on a continuous basis, right? So that way, the expectations setting in the first place is itself made in a more realistic manner. And you provide enough leeway to be flexible about what these expectations are. You would, of course, still have a certain North Star, right? There is a particular segment you want to target from within your customers. There is a particular experience or objective that you want to achieve from the uh, implementation of the Martech stack. Those things may not change, but the underlying details, the way you govern it, the way you think of that strategy being broken down, and the way you work within your internal processes, and most importantly, the way you engage with your customers could be something that's a little more dynamic. So this is something that we bring to the fore in uh, all of our uh, conversations with clients. Uh, <clears throat> the the other thing is, while agile is pretty much a buzzword, you know, easily for the last five years within the marketing world as well, I think companies or brands tend to ignore the focus that they need to provide around the agile framework itself. By its very nature, there is no strict framework that governs it. There are certain methodologies and approaches you take within the, an agile implementation, but the very foundation for agile is to be flexible about the way you approach it right and this education something that has to be imparted to all of our customers um, and may and all of the stakeholders within that organization have to be made uh, very aware of how this is going to work right otherwise they'll just assume that look three sprints four sprints five sprints and i'm going to have some fantastic results it's not always the case right companies or brands need to plan for a much longer horizon whether they execute exactly to the plan or not is a tenant that Agile addresses by providing the flexibility uh, with which you can take care of this. Right, so when we look at uh, not just marketing technology platforms, but the entire customer experience that you're trying to provide, there are multiple components to it. The most important component is being aware of the customer experience that you want to provide, the customer centricity that you want to build into uh, your own experiences that you share with the customers as a brand. And uh, to a great extent, this is true Absolutely true in the B2C world, but we see that in the B2B world as well, it's becoming more and more important because there's a big shift that's happening where experiences of the B2C world are becoming expectations in the B2B world as well, right? Probably due to the changing demography of uh, buyers and uh, teams you engage with in the uh, B2B world as well. So the first step is to really think of the customer experience and it's both a North Star as well as a fluid process that you need to discover, right? There are multiple moments of truth within the experience that you need to address. And at every point, every moment of truth within that journey that the customer undertakes with you as a brand, you need to see what's the best way by which the brand can step it up and solve the problems that are there. If there are triggers that help accelerate the process of engagement with the customer and create absolute delight, you need to make sure that those triggers are being focused upon as well, as much as you think of removing the barriers, right? Uh, so once you have the customer experience in mind, you also need to, in parallel, focus upon the larger strategy of the organization itself. Where are they headed to? And this might involve uh, looking at financial numbers, right? What's the uh, kind of business ambition that they're coming with? And is this customer experience going to provide them with sufficient leverage to reach that uh, you know, ambition? Apart from the organization, uh, the strategy and the customer experience, we have to equally think about the organization structure. Many a times, marketing is, um, an, is a department that ends up working in silos. And if you're dealing with a brand which has multiple sub-brands or a company that has multiple brands within itself, it's very much possible that each brand operates in its own way, right? 
uh, though that is typically a single agency of record, they could use multiple agencies for different types of work. And this is not just from the agency point of view, but more importantly, from the way the organization works towards getting the customer experience across to its customers, there has to be a rethink of the way this organization structure. It doesn't necessarily mean uh, completely rejigging every little thing that's being done within the company, but you need to have enough of the silos broken down. In fact, all of the silos broken down so that collaboration becomes very fluid within the organization, right? And by extension, it's not just the org structure, but also the processes that um, are underlying it, right? Uh, as I spoke about it as a metaphor a little earlier, the experience is the tip of the iceberg, but the processes and the org structure are what's lying below the uh, surface of the water, right? Which has to be uh, uh, thought of and aligned to as well. Once you have all these things in order, you should. That's when you start thinking about Martech, or that's how Ogilvy looks at you know the whole process of a Martech implementation. Now, this is not to say that we have a we would have spent a massive amount of time, you know, just thinking of um, all of these strategic components and process components before we arrive at the technology stack. Uh, the very, the very aspect of consulting is also done in a very agile manner, so that in a short span of time, you would be able to propose what's going to be the best customer experience that the brand has to take to its customers, working very closely with the brand folks, and of course the uh, customers behind the scenes as well, right? The end customers that you're talking about. So irrespective of the market stack that's being chosen, and there's many of those options today in the market, once you have the basic components, the foundational components of customer experience uh, supported by the right strategy or supporting the right strategy and the org structure and processes to back it up, implementing a market becomes much more easier. That's the way we look at it. <laughs> We'd probably like to uh, quote, you know, uh, someone we work very closely with, uh, you know, uh, and one of the customers, the quote was, the last best experience that anyone has anywhere becomes the minimum expectation for the experience they want everywhere, right? So if you had a fantastic experience, you know, with the last ride that you took uh, in an Uber or a Grab, you tend to think of that experience and you may end up applying that in your own work life and expect that kind of experience, uh, you know, as an end customer, probably if you go on uh, you know, to an e-commerce channel and uh, try to pick up some clothes perhaps, right? So that's the kind of world that we live in and everything a brand has to do has to make sure that it's on a continuous improvement phase, right? Which brings me back to the initial point of view that we started with. Um, don't think of customer experience or the market implementation that backs it up as a one-off activity. It is something that you think of as a continuous journey as much as the customer himself or herself is going through a continuous journey with you, right? You'd have to prepare for changes in the mindsets of the customer, the demographies that you're addressing, uh, the behavioral attitudes of the customers, which are changing a lot more rapidly these days, and be able to cater to all of those changes. So that flexibility has to be thought through up front. Yes, so uh, that's where I'd probably um, leave it. Yeah. Any questions? Oh, oh thanks, Suresh. Um, so you speak about um, educating Martech's people, but as Martech is quite a new um subject and branch of marketing do you find this a challenge um yes and to some extent yes right uh we kind of it kind of surprises us sometimes you would think that a lot of the brands would have already been on the martech uh, bandwagon in a very very you know 
true to the word way, right? It's not just a trend that they're looking at. But surprisingly, we do find many of our clients, uh, you know, potential prospects that we speak to, have not completely thought of an end-to-end -end stack which can bring to life the best of their capabilities to, you know, engage with the customer, right? A lot of these just remain as thoughts or as uh, independent initiatives that have been taken up across the organization. Yes, so to that extent, a lot of times we, when we go in and talk to our customers, one of the first things we do is to explain or you know educate them on the possibilities, right? Um, and what's the kind of benefits that they see. You will always find those you know uh, evangelists, for lack of a better word, within an organization who are completely sold on the capabilities of a strong market, right? But it's important that as an outside person, as an outside party to the whole uh, you know customers uh, world you are able to guide the rest of the stakeholders and bring about that alignment. A lot of times this alignment is not something that works very easily if it's initiated within the organization, which is where consultants like us come in and you know, do, the, uh, do the job of bringing everyone together, right? So getting everyone to rally in one direction is one of the challenges and we work very closely with the C-suite of the company and with you know the middle management and the operational uh, teams in order to get this uh, Well, fantastic. And let's move on to the uh, Q&A session. Yes, please. So the first question is, how do you set actionable goals and track them efficiently with new MarTech tools? That's actually a very good question, right? Um, one of the things we see is in at the end of the day, and while the chief marketing officer or the chief digital officer could be the owner of the budget, a lot of times the sign-off still has to come from a CFO perhaps, or even the CEO, right? And an early mm -hmm. thing that we get is, what's the ROI on this whole thing, right? And as you know, it's not an easy thing to compute the ROI of a system. It's not cast in black and white, right? Um, a lot of times there are assumptions that you take uh, when you, you work closely with the customers that you are uh, you know, uh, engaging with and try to make those meaningful assumptions to derive the kind of ROI. But that's besides the point. What's more important is to go beyond pure financial metrics and think of all of the other metrics that are that are going to matter to a marketeer and keeping those metrics from a customer's perspective as well, right? So it's important that before you even type out the, you know, get into the first of the Martic uh, thoughts of implementation, you need to first think of what's the approach I'll take to design everything with the ability to measure. So designing to measure is something that's, uh, you know, it's one of the key tenets of the way we engage, right? Uh, and our advice is go beyond the financial metrics. There are many marketing metrics as well, but you also need to go beyond the very obvious marketing metrics, right? So the best way to look at it is to think of your own customer's journey and your interactions with that customer and how you could make that improvement. Find out points of fault uh, and the moments of truth that you can really uh, have an impact on, which makes the customer's life much easier and transacting and being loyal to the brand. Right, and identify, and this is a matter of horses for courses. You need to identify the right set of metrics for that particular industry, for that particular customer you're working with, and that particular journey. Right, based on that, you arrive with a system by which you can design everything to measure, so that you don't worry about, hey, I missed out something after the whole implementation's been done, and make sure that some of these are leading indicators, so you know when something's going uh, going to go wrong in the near future, and you could take some action on it. Fantastic. And second question. So let's say uh, you need to delete all the software apps you have, but you can only keep one. Which one would it be? I hope you're not serious about that. But yes, if I were no, to answer, 
I'll be very picky about it. Um, I'm not going to pick a software application in the sense of you know something that we use at work purely for productivity. But one of my favorite apps, and admittedly, I've been on the bandwagon a little lesser than a lot of other folks, uh, is Twitter. Right. The way I look at oh, it, yes. it's a fantastic venue to get multiple views, multiple perspectives from all kinds of experts, right? And this is across uh, across the world that you're looking at. Um, it makes it makes it a complete breeze to discover new you know, new ideas and new initiatives that are being taken up or uh, new thought processes that are originating across the world. At the same time, when I talk of you know as an organization when we think of engaging with our customers there's a lot that you can discover about the customer by you know going up to the Twitter feed and seeing what their customers in turn are talking about uh, in social media right uh, not just the customers we want to work with but also the competitors to that customer right so if i were to retain throw away all of the apps and retain one i think it's probably going to be twitter <laughs> yeah oh, wow. okay very good oh, and um, another one is uh, oh sorry <laughs> yes, Superman. I've not had a chance to try it because I know it's by referral and I've not, uh, you know, managed to get one yet. But Superman has the promise of a zero inbox, uh, so no mails at all, all read and addressed. Uh, that's something all that right. I'd love to travel with. I think. <laughs> oh, okay, so and uh, Superman. Right. So uh, next question: How do you connect, engage, and build a persistent relationship with your customer? Yeah, fantastic question again, right? Um, I think one of the challenges we see is, and we are all customers or B2C customers at least, right? We are retail consumers in our own rights. One of the challenges I see personally, as well as, you know, as a marketer myself, is that brands tend to overwhelm customers, right? It's a very natural tendency to wear a, you know, <laughs> pardon me for the reference, but a very Amazon lens in all of the marketing efforts that we put in. Now, that's not always going to pay off, right? What's going to be important is to first build that lovely bridge called trust with your customer, right? So the customer needs to be aware that everything that you do for the customer as, as a brand is being done, keeping the customer first in mind. So don't oversell. Don't try to overload that uh, individual with information, right, or uh, multiple individuals. So you need to reflect on both your strengths and how you get that across to the customer as a message, and at the same time, reflect upon the moments of truth, which I was alluding to a little earlier, that the customer faces when interacting with your brand and make sure that you address them. Uh, customer intimacy as uh, jargon or as you know, an actual art has been there for quite some time now, but we should equally be wary of customer intimidation is the way I would look at it. So it's a fine, you know, uh, a bit of a juggling ball scenario where you have to manage both these things. Um, now, while this is true in the world of B2C, Another big area of focus, at least uh, personally for me, is the world of B2B, right? I think this required, B2, the B2B world requires handling in a slightly different manner. Um, in the world of B2C, we've always looked at how do I go beyond transactional relationships and try to build something you know, uh, that's long-lasting. But in the world of B2B, it's almost absolutely mandatory that you have to do something like that. And how you do it becomes really the differentiator, right? Uh, and the other nuance of B2B is you're never, while you're engaging with one particular customer, the number of individuals within that customer's ecosystem that are representing the customer could be multiple, right? So you should be cautious about building multiple bridges and making sure that all of them are moving towards the same goal that you've started off with, and at the same time is addressing that customer's need in a B2B world, right? So that's kind of critical, I would uh, think. Uh, and in the B2B world, the best way by which you could engage and have a persistent relation 
is to not think of it as purely selling a product or a service that that you're offering but looking at it as a problem that you're trying to solve for your customers that's kind of critical i would say once you do that trust is going to build so both b2c and b2b you know there are nuances and uh, commonalities between them. Oh, fantastic yeah. um, final question so uh, obviously automation is very big thing at the moment a lot of companies are doing it but have you seen any interactions that you feel doesn't need to be automated oh yes in a world of ai as well that we live in i'm trying to wonder what's the best one that should not be automated if i were to go down a, a little further into the marketing funnel at the point of transaction right and i don't know if it's mm -hmm. very b2c world probably not but absolutely in the b2b world the selling cycle is not something that should be completely automated in my view right uh, <clears throat> I know there are some fantastic stacks. We work with some of them and we kind of recommend some of them ourselves to our B2B customers as well. But one thing to really watch out for is it, in the world of B2B, it's, and I'm speaking specifically about B2B, it is never going to be a recruitment for the seller, right? It might work in any other world, but surely not in, I mean, you could have physical stores disappear and pure online stores coming up. So the seller vanishes in a way. But in the world of B2B, having that absolute intimate relationship uh, and a personal one, a face-to-face -face one, typically a lot of times is going to be very critical, I think. In such cases, I always look at the marketing technology platform that you build or any sort of digital asset that you have, whether it's your website or your uh, customer service desk or your uh, mobile you know, uh, app that you built for, the, uh, for that customer group. All of these are complementary to the salesperson's role. And if they work together seamlessly, that's where the technology stack comes in to make these two processes, one in the real world and one in the digital world, come together. That creates a beautiful virtuous cycle, right? Yeah. So that's the way I would look at it. The one thing that I wouldn't automate. Oh wow, thanks. That's really uh, that's really good. And final question: What makes uh, your company different from others in the Martech landscape? Uh, that's that's a really good question, right? So, uh, before I address the latter part of the question, which is the market landscape, I think our true differentiation yeah. comes in the part that comes before it. We, as Ogilvy, always put the customer middle and center as a combination of our customer experience and design team and our strategic consulting team uh, and the entire production services and studio capabilities that we bring together. We first put the customer middle and center, right? Um, and it's not just a statement to us, it's a way of life. Literally every every uh, problem that we try to solve or every opportunity that we create for our customers starts off with understanding the end customer, our client's customers in complete depth. And if that means that we need to undertake a massive market research, primary research or so, we absolutely get into that picture. And we educate our customers on the need for something like that in case they have any questions about it. Uh, there are ways by which you can do this in a very accelerated manner to gain sufficient insights so that you know you're not spending a lot of time in an analytical uh, you know paralysis situation right but once we get that right we understand the insights of the from the customer's perspective that's when we think about what's the best experience that needs to be provided based on the insights that we've gained i think that's one of our core differentiators right uh, and once that experience has been identified it's about identifying further the moments of truth within that experience and within that customer's journey and what are you going to do uh, both as an external advisory firm as well as you know uh, when we talk about it as uh, the owner of a brand to address those moments of truth or to remove those barriers that come on the way of that customer experience and to 
accelerate the triggers that make them you know work more favorably towards you once you have all these things in one place you know recommending the right technology platform uh, as a combination of martech plus anything else becomes a much more easier task and this is not to say that you know we spend a lot of time purely in the thinking part of it in today's world no one can afford to have that kind of bandwidth right so we do this in a very rapid iterative manner where within a matter of a few weeks we can land at the right martech and the entire experience that backs up that martech right uh, once you commit to a stack of course you need to stay committed to that stack for a few years needless to say but we think of it from all the points of flexibility that need to be built in all the changes that are going to happen in the market which we would have got as insights from all the research we do uh, and the designs are built in such a future proof manner that you know, any sort of changes that might occur we should be able to cater to it so to us the real differentiation that really comes to the uh, board is uh, a beautiful combination of strategic thinking driven by absolute insights from you know the lowest levels of the uh, uh, you know the uh, pyramid of the customer getting all of those insights get the strategic thinking right think of the experience design and bring it to life with the right kind of visuals right so, which is when the martech you know comes in and brings all of this to uh, realization so that's the big differentiation for us thanks Suresh. and yeah thank you yeah thank you for joining us uh, you know if anyone has any questions for Suresh, please do get in touch thank you again Suresh. It's been wonderful talking to you. It's a real pleasure, and I hope we catch up soon enough. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, check out our social media profiles for the latest updates. And uh, thank you to, for everyone for tuning in, and we'll see you again. Thanks. Bye bye.